Ladies and gentlemen, it's the Lateral Show. Fasten your seatbelts, because here we go. It's happening. I am Herms at Herms NFL. He is McLateral at McLateral FF. Together, we are the Lateral at the Lateral FF on Twitter, www.thelateralff.com. Man, I got really weird with my volume there at the beginning. I wasn't sure if I was going to commit to the full throated woo or like the yelling that I normally do. I don't know. I felt, it's late at night. I, you know, I got nervous, but uh, it, there, there have been stronger openings, certainly. <laughs> You just got to do what feels right, man. I don't know what else to tell you. That is true. And and you know what feels right to me this week, other than the obligatory uh, preview of the upcoming week's action, uh, just a moment of catharsis, you know, get whatever, you know, weird juju out of our systems after week seven, because boy, I'll I tell got you, that juju out of my system weeks ago, man. He's out for the season. Oh, no, oh, 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 topical football jokes. Oh, oh, oh. But yeah, uh, so that's going to be fun. I'm definitely looking forward to that. And, uh, you know, only two teams on a bye week this week. So we only have to be missing our Ravens and our Raiders. Thank the heavens. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, and, you know, honestly, like there are some benefits to that. Uh, I just wrote a week too early waiver wire column for the lateral where I highlight because the Ravens are off this week, there's some good Ravens players that are available on your waiver wire. Like in our home league, I just added Latavius Murray. Like that's pretty sweet. Latavius Murray's a starting running back. He should not be on waivers. You know, Rashad Bateman's out there in a lot of leagues. He's a starting wide receiver. That's seeing like six targets a game. He should probably not be on waivers. Um, but yeah, last week I had to start Dalton Schultz and Darren Waller in multiple leagues Things did not go well. I luckily still have like Scott Fishbowl that went well in one league. I had enough cushion that I'm like, still like, okay, it's just like, ugh, dude, it was, it was rough. I never want to go through that again. Luckily in week nine, we get multiple teams on by and we get to go through it. Not quite as badly, but all over again. Um, I seriously though, the fact that a lot of fantasy football managers are going to have Najee Harris, Najee Harris, uh, Ezekiel Elliott, Mike Williams, CD lamb, Amari Cooper, Dak. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And these people are now, they're just set in your lineups, barring injury, knock on wood. They are set in your lineups the rest of the season. And that's awesome. Oh, that's great. It is such a beautiful feeling. I'll tell you what, and you know what? I'm just going to throw it right back to you. Why don't you keep going and hop on your soapbox, as that is the first segment that we do on a weekly basis. Honestly, man, that was my soapbox. My soapbox was, thank God, week seven is over, and we can move straight on to week eight. So um, do you just want to move straight on to week eight? 
right before we do that, I must acknowledge how excited I am that Pixar is giving Buzz Lightyear Hair? his own movie. To infinity and beyond. My favorite Disney character. I'm just really excited about it. Had to shout it out. You go, Buzz Lightyear. You have yourself a moment. Uh, and a hairdo. So, like, seriously, Buzz Lightyear yeah. has hair. I was not expecting that. Yeah, that was, it was pretty impressive. And like, God, the animation looks gorgeous. I mean, they always do a good job. It's Pixar, but uh, wow. Real quick, I haven't seen the trailer, so it might address this. I've seen clips, though. Uh, well, stills. So is Buzz Lightyear an alien? Is that like kind of the vibe here? technically yes human humanoid in appearance but like buzz lightyear is an alien right yeah okay yeah. just just checking oh yeah i mean no, it's, not that it changes anything i was just curious oh for sure i mean there's a whole world built if you want to consult disney plus there was a full animated series about it you know that's was just, there really either. i missed oh, that too. oh so good really loved that as a kid but i loved football even more and that brings us into the week eight P -p -p preview woo, 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 woo. uh well i guess a piece of news before we go any further because there's not there's not always news there's not always news when we do this show but there is not uh mark ingram finds himself back on the new orleans saints so you know the trade from the houston texans i don't know what the compensation was but the point is mark ingram returns to a place where he spent the majority of his career back with the same coach, basically the same offensive system. It's an immediate, you know, assimilation. I think that's actually pretty cool because not a lot of trades really ever give you that where somebody just finds themselves immediately back in a familiar spot. So sure. Me, I yeah. think the issue is he's a couple years older. It is great for Mark Ingram. I think it'll be good for the Saints from a football perspective. I don't expect it to change much in terms of fantasy. I don't think true. he has the legs, you know, I, and, you know, Kamara was incredibly relevant even when Ingram did have the legs. Of course. So I'm not particularly worried. Um, and in fact, the fact that it is Ingram makes me a little less worried because I know that they can coexist with each other. You know, if they brought in someone a little stronger, you know, have to potentially be concerned, you know? I think like uh, just the big takeaway really is that uh, Alvin Kamara has a handcuff again. Boom. Yeah. There, there yeah. you go. I mean, which, you know, is not something that is necessarily non news because not every running back does, you know? So it's like, Hey, you know, we were trying to figure it out for a while. Was it Tony Jones jr? Was it going to be, you know, if anybody was potentially interested in divine Ozigbo or blah, 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 blah. Well, we have the answer. It's the guy that he played with for a long time. There you go. That's that. Unless there's anything else, we have ourselves one hell of a Thursday night game. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, we we did until all the wide receivers in Green Bay started dropping like flies. Yeah, so you'll notice this game will not feature uh, stud wide receiver of the Green Bay Packers, Devontae Adams, and uh, less studly but still relevant, uh, Alan Lazard, as they are both on the COVID list, not traveling with the team. It is what it is. So that kind of muddies things from a fantasy perspective insofar as like, who are we trusting? So before we even, you know, get into that, why don't we just get it out of the way? Who are the guys that we're playing? You're playing both of the quarterbacks, you know, all the running backs for the most part are relevant. Deandre Hopkins, Christian Kirk, you're playing them and Zach Ertz at tight end. But where really comes into focus here in terms of things we need to figure out with all the wide receivers out, do the Packers try and run the ball more? Does that give room for A.J. Dillon? 
what about the other Packers wide receivers? And maybe it's not a wide receiver at all that you try to replace Devontae Adams with. What if it's tight end Robert Tunyon? You know, so I'll throw it out to you. What uh, what do we got in that regard? Yeah, I, I have to say, you can't really trust A.J. Dillon. A.J. Dillon's been used very situationally. I mean, there's been some games where it's like, okay, this is the thing. He's going to be utilized as part of the offense. And then you get last week where he sees five total touches, basically. Like, he gets three attempts. He gets two targets. He doesn't even catch one of them. He had, in standard leagues, negative 1.2 points. Was, even in PPR, he had negative 0.2 points. Like, that's pretty rough. Um, Arizona, I don't recall if they are particularly stingy or not against the run off the top of my head. But the good news is I have the internet for that. Oh, no, they Thank are. Thank you, Al right. <laughs> um, So, yeah, I'm probably staying away from A.J. Dillon. It, and it with the lack of teams on by this week, you know, there's only two, I can probably get away with staying away from A.J. Dillon. So I'm going to stay away from him. I may be comfortable playing Randall Cobb as a desperation play, especially if Marquez Valdez-Scantling isn't healthy, though he did make the trip. If Marquez Valdez-Scantling is playing, he would be my desperation play. And despite the fact that it's not a great matchup for Robert Tanyan, um, I'm still probably desperation playing him if I need a tight end, especially if I, say, had Darren Waller and I needed to just get through one bye week, I will take the one bye week risk given the lack of like just other receiving options. But again, it's a terrible matchup for tight ends. They are literally, they are allowing 2.2 points per game in standard. And it's not much more in PPR. Yeah, it's certainly not great. Although if I remember correctly, uh, Heath Cummings of CBS, uh, just he, put out a really great tweet that I saw yesterday. And if I'm attributing this to the incorrect person, I apologize. But um, if you look at the group of tight ends that they went up against, it's not really like the strongest group of players. So it's something to consider. It's still like what you said is still factual, but either way, throwing that out there. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's uh, it's kind of is what it is. It's the tight end, you know? So uh, unless there's any other notes on this game, we can move into the Sunday slate. Yeah, let's do it. Hell yeah. So we get Cincinnati traveling to play the New York Jets. The New York Jets will not have their starting quarterback, Zach Wilson. They will instead be starting some guy named Mike White that I had never heard of until last week. So that's well, are they going to be starting Mike White? Because correct me if I'm wrong. Joe Flacco shows up on Friday. That is true. The the team did trade for Joe Flacco. Uh, they I'm pretty sure it's like I'm 99% sure it's going to be Mike White. Now, for the extended period of Zach Wilson's absence, could we see Joe Flacco as early as next week? Possibly, but I think the late arrival for Flacco and I think it I want to I think the team already announced they're going with Mike White, but I digress. You're so I'm just going to start by the Bengals DST. Just oh my god, I mean, you were probably looking to stream them anyway, but this is even more scrum diddly. I'm just so uh, that's going to be fun. Uh, but you know, the Bengals offense, you're going to be playing a lot of those guys, Joe Burrow and his receivers, T Higgins, Jamar Chase. You got to throw it out there, CJ Uzoma, 
I mean, things are a little wonky at tight end. He hasn't always been reliable, but hey, he's been scoring a lot lately. So woohoo. And then, you know, Joe Mixon, probably Michael Carter. But beyond that, uh, maybe like a second bagels running back intrigue you, Tyler Boyd, or more importantly, the question mark is the Jets. <laughs> uh, I'm not playing anyone from the Jets except maybe Corey Davis if I have to. That's that's like a maybe. Uh, I don't. So I would say I'm not as convinced as you that it will be my white that starts. I'm much less convinced it'll be Mike White that finishes. I think he will have a fairly short leash. Um, Flacco will have no familiarity with the system. That is an issue. On the other hand, this is a former Super Bowl winning quarterback, and there's a very good chance that even unfamiliar with the system, he might be better than Mike White. It's entirely possible. Um, On the other hand, they're clearly still in a complete rebuild, so maybe they won't care. Um, as far as the Bengals go, I would actually like to play some Andre Pirine um, if I need to as that second RB, as a flex potentially, though. Um, for me, he's more of that territory of like this. Let's say you're loaded at wide receivers, so you can flex your wide receivers, but you still need that second running back. So you've been playing like a Tony Pollard, like an Alex, et cetera, et cetera. Like that to me, I think Samaj P. Ryan is like just a step below those guys, especially if he continues to see the 11 rushing attempts per game he's seen two out of the past three weeks that third week he saw zero because he was on the COVID list so the past two games he played they used him I think they'll continue to use him and as we saw last week the New York Jets great matchup for running backs so I'm playing P Ryan if I need to uh and moderately comfortably fair enough I like it you know if you're looking for a flex play maybe give some AJP run a look uh, just for the sake of context, uh, head coach Robert Sala has said the team uh, is likelier to elevate uh, quarterback Josh Johnson from the practice squad rather than having Flacco active. And they have named Mike White a starter, but that's just a little bit of okay. housekeeping, not anything okay. super. So they just really must not trust him this first week. Yeah, I mean, you know, showing up on, you know, he's not going to be yeah. there till Friday. Sure, so again, again he's a professional, but he'll have literally zero familiarity with the playbook. That is very true. But thankfully, the quarterbacks in the next game will have familiarity with their playbooks. Ha ha! Yes, they will. Because the Tennessee Titans and the Indianapolis Colts divisional matchup is going to be oodles of noodles of fun, including... Hey, yo, Carson Wentz has been playing really well lately. Ever since they met the first time, and it was like a little bit of a weird game in which he didn't score a touchdown of any kind, he's been a relevant fantasy quarterback since. And uh, both of the starting running backs. I mean, good God, Derrick Henry, Jonathan Taylor, of course you're doing it. And the top wide receivers on each team, A.J. Brown and Michael Pittman. You probably feel pretty good about that. What I want to know is, are you playing any other wide receiver? I've specifically noted Julio Jones as somebody to talk about. And also, I mean, probably Ryan Tannehill, but just for the sake of just bringing it up anyway, Ryan Tannehill? Yeah, so I think you can play Tannehill in this game, though I'd rather play Carson Wentz, who's pretty available. Um, he's currently rostered in 22% of ESPN leagues and 45% of Yahoo leagues per fantasy pros. Again, that could be slightly off because I don't think they're numbers are updated in real time but that gives you a good estimate of his availability nonetheless and things are looking up for once in that he had been reliant on his passing um he's had 
four straight games with two touchdowns and zero interceptions, by the way, which is pretty wild. Um, But this past week, we saw him run again. He had not run since he damaged his ankles. Maybe he is healthy now because he definitely (laughs) ran again. So I would go out and get Carson Wentz, who I think is more available than Ryan Tannehill, who is currently rostered in 87% of Yahoo leagues and 76%. He must have gone up because I thought he was closer to the 50s uh, a week ago. So that's interesting. Um, yeah, Tannehill, if I need to play him, I'll play him. i um, hoping I have a better option, though. He's probably just outside starter consideration. Uh, you do play Julio Jones if he is healthy. That would be the only other thing. You play Julio Jones if he's healthy, and you play T.Y. Hilton if he's healthy. Aha, uh-huh, there you go. See, that's that's the little piece of news we had to slip in there. And hey, hopefully, if you listened to the waiver wire episode, you got Carson Wentz as a nice streaming option. So, uh, yeah, I guess that kind of takes care of that. Probably not thinking about any of the tight ends, right? Um, you could, I think, think about Mo Alley Cox. You'll be a little flying by the seat of your pants, but I think he is the tight end now in Indianapolis for whatever that's worth. But I think he is. Fair enough. Thought it would be good to throw out there as a possibility oh speaking of uh things that will you know have you riding on the tail of your seat in the pants of your holding and the yeah i botched that but it's okay because the texans are about to botch it against <laughs> the los angeles rams that's not going to go well i have the question people that, yes question <laughs> can you technically botch it if you were expected to fail that is a fair criticism of the Texans and also my ability to make transitions on podcasts. So I think that makes that that's a fairly astute observation. I'm criticizing myself. Don't make that face. You can no, you, I'm <laughs> making the face because Cardinals defensive end JJ Watt will undergo what is now likely to be season ending shoulder surgery. No date set yet. Oh boy, that's that is a genuine bummer and the reason for my face. And good news though, my Detroit Red Red Wings beat your Washington Capitals just now. Three to two, baby. What's up? We don't suck this year. Yeah, it it is what it is. Um, but moving on. Yes, yes. uh, So in terms of players that you're playing, I have marked on our show sheet the Rams. And my question mark is the Texans. Because it kind of it's it's a theme every week, you know. Brandon like, Brandon Cooks, maybe. That's the answer. You. Brandon Brandon, like if you feel that you don't have a better option than Brandon Cooks, who has I think done of like Allen Robinson, who I think has actually not done the best he can. Though granted, he couldn't be doing a ton better. I think Brandon Cooks has actually like tried his hardest. I think Allen Robinson's like pulling off the gas a little at this point. I think Brandon Cooks is still giving 110%. You He's know, so, so you could still play him if you felt the need. Um, but otherwise, I'm avoiding the Texans entirely. Even the running backs, despite the departure of Mark Ingram, I just, I you know, I don't want anything to do with it. Um, and then the Rams, yeah, you can probably play pretty much all of them, including I think Van Jefferson's viable if you needed a desperation flex play. There you go. I fuck with it. Uh, I'm of a different mindset with David Johnson. Uh, I I personally think that Ingram being removed from it really just makes it a one-two punch with he and Philip Lindsay. Uh, But if you're not really looking to start them right away, at least like 
yo, like if he's on your bench, he's starting to look a lot better, right? I would, you know? I would agree that it makes it a one-two punch. I just think they will be a featherweight punching a super heavyweight in this matchup. That is very fair. That is very fair. Um, yeah, I guess, yeah, it doesn't really need to be any more complicated than that. Uh, only other final note that I have is that Tyrod Taylor probably coming back soon. Not guaranteed for this week, but oh God, please, dear God, could we get Tyrod Taylor back a quarterback? That would be just fantastic. Um, oh, this one's going to be a doozy. My Pittsburgh Steelers against the Cleveland Browns. Oh, this is going to be good, especially because it's a headline running backs. I love games where it's just two robust rushing attacks going, you know, up against each other. Najee Harris, you finally get him back. Nick Chubb, hey, he's going to be back out there again as well. That's going to be super fun getting those is that, guys back. Is that confirmed or is that more of a we think? He's probably going to play. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I got the impression that things were trending in the right direction, but that we hadn't gotten a confirmation yet. So that's good and, to know. And the beauty is that if he doesn't, we already know Dearness Johnson, probably the pivot move. He did yeah. very well last week. So, hey, there you go. If you still held on to him, which honestly you probably should have, because, you know, as long as Kareem hunts out, you know, just something to think about. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so we got that. And then a duo of Steelers wide receivers, Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool, feel pretty good about that. My biggest question mark really is, I mean, with the health of Baker Mayfield, I mean, like anybody whose job isn't running the ball in Cleveland, I mean, I – Oh, where where are you at? With Not only is it the health of Baker Mayfield, but the wide receivers aren't healthy either. Landry's questionable for this game. Odell Beckham Jr.'s got a shoulder injury. And Donovan Peoples-Jones injured his groin and ended up being a scratch last game. So do we know that anyone's going to even be healthy for the Browns? I'm probably going to stay away. But... I could see someone playing either Odell Beckham or Jarvis Landry if either of them ends up being healthy. Um, just because they will command targets. Now, those targets might not be quality, but they will command them nonetheless. I mean, they got to throw the ball to someone. I mean, exactly. You know, so yeah, definitely worth considering. So, and Also, I noticed when I recorded my solo show, I say that a lot. That is one of those phrases I definitely repeat. It's something I'm going to have to work on a little bit. And I think another thing that, you know, somebody could potentially work on is uh, the Steelers coaching staff getting Pat Frymuth a little more involved. I, I don't know. It's an under it's an underlying, you know, thing. We've talked about this entire time. Maybe it's something to consider as like a desperate play, but I don't know. That's that's enough for that. If you have anything else before we move on to the next game. Cool. But. Yeah, I think like yeah, you could play Friar Muth, but I'm probably staying away. Uh Cleveland hasn't been like an insanely great matchup for opposing tight ends this season. Friar Muth's definitely got the talent, but his usage fluctuates. Um, there are other guys, maybe, you know, like Tyler uh Tyler Conklin. They are on by this week, though. Yes. Minnesota. No, nah, they're playing. No, they're playing. Okay, so Tyler Conklin's a good option. Um, I would say even CJ Uzoma is probably someone I'd play over Fryermuth given his usage to score points, um, which has been very interesting. Again, definitely more of a boomer bust guy, but you know Fryermuth, it's just you know it's been a lot more bust than boom. Um, but yeah, I get where you're coming from there. 
Hey, you know, sp- you know, there there are some other you know kind of weirdly boom bust tight ends because this next game features a guy that started really hot, has definitely cooled off a little bit, but you know, some of that might have to do with some injuries and whatnot. We'll get into that as we discuss the Detroit Lions hosting the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, by hook or by crook, Jalen Hurts gets it done. You're doing that. DeAndre Swift, he's a baller. Devontae Smith, he's a baller. Dallas Goddard and TJ Hawkinson, I mean, you feel really good about that. That's pretty solid. But the question marks here really in this game is, you know, this is kind of where we have to roll out the obligatory, hey, Eagles have injuries at running back. So we'll go over that. Then we'll get, you know, I'm on Ross St. Brown, Jamal Williams. But the headliner here is, well, you know, we talked about it on the waiver wire show. Who knows what the injury concern is going to be with Miles Sanders, you know, kind of week to week, potentially with his ankle injury. But Kenneth Gainwell, presumably the guy, the beneficiary, if Miles Sanders does not play. It's a pretty good matchup, too. How do you feel about Kenneth Gainwell? Yeah, so I'd say Miles Sanders, if healthy, play him. Detroit's a great matchup. If he's not healthy, um, I think there's a chance that you could play Boston Scott and or Kenneth Gainwell and sort of just see what happens. Um, I think Gainwell slipped up at the wrong time last week which made them then kind of go to Boston Scott a little more than maybe they necessarily would have. Um, so unfortunately for Gainwell, I think Boston Scott will now be a thing if Miles Sanders is out. But against Detroit, you really you could play either of them. Um, though, granted, who knows if the rushing usage will finally trend in the right direction, which it did seem like there were glimmers of hope, and then Sanders gets injured. So, you know, who knows? Um, yeah, again, it's a great matchup, but like, you just don't feel confident about any of these Eagles running back. So you can probably play them, but it's, it's a risky proposition. Uh, just like I'm on Ross St. Brown. Uh, he's also a risky proposition. Um, you know, I, if I was to bet on someone in that offense earning targets, it would be him, but like they have shown no hesitation throwing to Cleef Raymond or literally whoever else they want to. They don't care. They do not care which wide receiver gets thrown the ball. As long as it is within Jared Goff's incredibly short range, that's all that matters. Um, And then Jamal Williams, you know, he's interesting. He's still going to get some rushing volume, but his passing usage has gone away completely. So that's sort of a like, you know, if you're debating between like Samaja Pirine and Jamal Williams, that's a situation where maybe you could play Jamal Williams. Um, but even like Tony Pollard is someone who I would play over him. There you go. Good general range of, you know, expectations there. And also, man, he got so excited about the sun God. This guy <laughs> finally getting shit going, getting all these targets back to back weeks. And then, you know, I confidently threw him in some lineups and the goose egg against the Rams. That, that was a heartbreaker. <laughs> that was just, that yeah, was it it was truly shocking that he literally didn't get a look his entire way. Um, I don't know why. I genuinely don't know why. Yeah, I, I definitely like some clarity on that at some point, although we're probably not going to get it. because I don't know. He kind of just disappeared from the passing attack, much like Brandon Ayuk seems to have completely disappeared from the San Francisco 49ers passing attack. This one feels pretty simple in terms of things we're definitely trusting. I feel like there are more question marks than anything else. So I will just say, 
Elijah Mitchell and Khalil Herbert at running back. You're probably feeling okay about that. And then, dear God, Debo Samuel, stand up, sir. You are a superstar, baby. But beyond that, I mean, God, I mean, the Bears offense as a whole? <laughs> what are you doing? And, I mean, and, you know, again, the, the weekly handed over to the 49ers fan for expertise roundup. But th- there you go. Floor is yours. Yeah, so uh, there are problems in San Francisco. The offense is not running well um, at all. Kyle Shanahan does not seem to have a grasp on what's going on, whether it's with the wide receivers, the quarterback, the running backs. I think the running backs may be the closest thing to what they have a grasp on. The defensive situation isn't great. I mean, the pass interference is genuinely a problem. There was a great article on the athletic either yesterday or today that talked about the fact that the Niners give up more pass interference play penalties and more pass interference yards than any other defense in the league. And the projections for the rest of the season, if they continue at this pace are insane, Um, which could be disastrous, honestly, with incredibly aggressive quarterback, Justin Fields you know, under center. Like, I don't know that Justin Fields will have that amazing of a game because penalty yards don't really count as fantasy points, you know, but um, there could be some costly pass interferences in this game. So yeah, you can play Debo Samuel based on expected volume. Elijah Mitchell, you can play Khalil Herbert. You can play. I don't know that I want to play anyone else in this game other than Uh if you are in desperate need of a running back, you could perhaps play Jamichael Hasty. Who is locked into the third down roll in San Francisco? <laughs> it is literally Elijah Mitchell if it is first and second down. It is Jamichael Hasty if it is third down. That is the running back duo in San Francisco. Trey Sermon is nowhere to be found, and I don't think he's coming back this game. So for for anyone, anyone. You know, because this is a redraft show. Obviously, Dynasty, different story. But for anyone holding on to Trey Sermon, if there are any of those people out there, is this your call to just give up in redraft? You should have already dropped Trey Sermon by this point. He there has we no go. business being in your roster. I guarantee you there is someone better out there. Yeah, it, it's it, it's a nightmare. You, you, man. He hasn't the, – the, it would be one thing if it was just Shanahan misusing personnel. Sermon has not looked good when he has gotten opportunities. It's pretty bad. It's yeah. pretty bad. It's it's kind of not. – I'm not going to harp on this too much longer, but it kind of reminds me a little bit of like what the issues were with Tyson Williams in Baltimore. It's just like – you know, like there are certain things that he could do, but there are certain things where it's just like, oh my God, bro, the awareness, what are you doing? What are you doing? And like, Man, you know, I you, wish, you can't I be wish, on the field that way. I wish Sermon was the explosive runner Tyson Williams was, and then he maybe would be on the field a little. Uh, but yeah, we, we should move on. Um, maybe do a game with an equally frustrating running back. Oh yeah. No, this is, uh, this is, this is going to be a pretty interesting one. Uh, so I, in terms of like question marks, it's a little, it, it feels cut and dry to me what you should probably do. But at the same time, anytime you feel that way, that's when things can creep up and sneak up on you. Oh, Carolina 
and the Atlanta Falcons going up against each other. That's going to be super cool. You know, we've, you know, we've, we've discussed Chuba Hubbard before. I'm sure you've got some thoughts to share about that. So I'll save that for your portion, but, uh, Cordero Patterson, killing it. DJ Moore, Calvin Ridley, killing it, you know, and, uh, Kyle Pitts, you know, anybody who was, you know, a little nervous earlier on, he got the opportunity. And if you were patient, like you should have been, it paid off, but, uh, I don't know. Before I hand it over to it, I think Matt Ryan's probably a pretty good streamer. That's I don't I don't even know if Matt Ryan's a streamer. Matt Ryan might just be a starter, a borderline one, but one nonetheless. Fair enough. Um same with Chuba Hubbard. You know, he might be a borderline starter, but he's probably a starter nonetheless. I think he's somewhere in the RB sixteen range. Something like that, um, though that might have been for half PPR, so maybe it's a little lower for PPR. He's getting usage. It's not very efficient. It's not very pretty, but he's the one who's going to get it. He's basically at this point a rich man's Mike Davis um, who I wouldn't play. Hey. I would not play Mike Davis this week. I just wouldn't. Um, Cordero Patterson. Yes, you are correct. Obviously, you can still play him, but like that is that is the Falcons running back you're going to play. And if you'd listen to the lateral um, from the offseason, you would hopefully – not have had to have dealt with playing Mike Davis, but here we are. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't want anything to do with Sam Darnold. I don't know anything to do with the wide receivers in Carolina, not named DJ Moore. I probably want to avoid either defense at this point, given that Atlanta is finally clicking into gear. Um, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I'd have been like, ah, Panthers defense, this will be good. Now, no, not so much. Um, so yeah, it is pretty cut and dry. I would say, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't think that there's anyone I would add to who you had as far as playable options. Yeah, no, I get that. Fun little note about the Carolina Panthers before we move to the next one. Uh, Willie Sneed found his way to their practice squad. So there you go. Uh, <laughs> all right, that's what they um, needed: more wide receivers to not under- get the ball to properly. There you go. Well, I mean, hey, maybe he could be better than Robbie Anderson. It's a pretty low bar to clear. Uh, <laughs> there we go. The uh, Miami Dolphins and the Buffalo Bills. Hey, we're getting a lot of division matchups. This is going to be pretty fun for real life football this weekend, folks. Uh, the Buffalo offense, I mean, like, yo, it's uh, it's pretty legit. I think you know what you're doing as far as the Buffalo offense goes. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hold your hand on that one. Uh, the Dolphins, you know, you feel good about Jalen Waddle. You feel pretty good about Mike Gesicki, but Anything beyond that, that's where the question marks kind of start. And then, you know, Cole Beasley also pretty much a perpetual question mark. But I'll hand it over to you. I don't have too much to say about the guarantees, quote unquote, in this game. Yeah, just to confirm, you include Emmanuel Sanders in that number, correct? He's one of the wide receivers you would obviously start. Just wanted to make sure. Um, Yeah. Yeah, uh, Eh, on Cole Beasley. I'm not dying to start him. There's actually like Rashad Bateman is uh, you can't play Rashad Bateman this. You should still get Rashad Bateman this week, but you can't play him this week. That's my bad. We Um, found a way to sneak it in. (laughs) But, you know, like Christian Kirk, if you're in an ESPN league is actually pretty widely available. He's someone I'd rather, you know, play than Cole Beasley. If you're hearing this in time to go scoop him up in time for that Thursday game. Um but yeah, you know, it's it's a solid matchup for the wide receivers in Buffalo. So I'd get it if you did. It's a high-powered offense. You want a piece of it, et cetera, et cetera. So he's a fringe guy for me, but he is playable. Um, the other thing I would consider 
if you are truly desperate at quarterback and he is currently on your roster, you could play Tua. It's a terrible matchup. Don't get me wrong. But Miami has an awful defense. They will need to air it out. Tua has been airing it out, which has contributed to him scoring like 21 plus, 22 plus fantasy points like per game over the past two weeks. And we saw Taylor Heineke be able to use a similar situation to still be fantasy relevant despite it being a bad matchup. And to be fair, the Washington football team going nowhere near winning the game. Like it was all garbage time points, essentially, you know. But the recipe might be there for Tua to do the same. So if Tua is on your roster, rather than dropping him, you could consider playing him. But I would not say, for example, that he is someone that you should go and get and stream for this matchup. He's someone to potentially go and get for your roster, but I would prefer to have him on my bench rather than in my starting lineup. Yeah, and you know, that's something I talked about on the waiver show is just like, it, he has been good recently, but it's also been in really favorable matchups for him. So like the argument is definitely there against him, but I think, you know, you really laid out the case for it's just like, hey man, like, you know, I get it, but, and I think, yeah. That's probably going to be the theme for Tua for whether we're talking about fantasy or even just real life, because people really like to talk about the, yeah. the progression of Tua. Well, okay, but you know, I will say after this week, I'm much more bullish on Tua, provided he doesn't get traded or Deshaun doesn't end up in Miami. If Tua is the starting quarterback for the Miami Dolphins and the Miami Dolphins remain talented at receiver and tight end and not good on defense, then I think Tua is a viable starter going forward this being the one exception of where this is like a really bad matchup. He still might pull it off, but it's a really bad matchup. You'd rather not risk it if you can avoid it. True. And before we transition, there's a reason we didn't really mention the Dolphins running backs. Your guesses are as good as ours. Uh <laughs> you if you have Miles Gaskin, you have to play Miles Gaskin most likely. Um that's it. Yeah, it's it's a little I'm not cold. expecting a great game or anything, but like you probably have to play him. And in PPR it might be better cuz you might get targets. Which reminds me a lot of a running back in the next game that we get back off of the bye week. It is our good friend. Well, actually I've never met him, but I would imagine we'd be good friends. Austin Eckler and the Chargers taking on the New England Patriots. That's going to be fun. And hell, the running back on the other side Damian Harris, you probably feel pretty good about him, too. And, you know, the Chargers, I mean, like, you know, you know the weapons you're getting back. You sorely missed them. You wish they were in your lineup last week. It's Justin Herbert. It's his top two targets. Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. Yes, full go. Finally, for the rest of the season. You got it. You got it, folks. They're back, baby. Um, I don't know. Jared Cook is a streamer, maybe. Maybe. And then uh, any... Patriots running backs besides Harris because I talked about this on the waiver episode there are a couple names but you want to you want to parse through that at all um yeah so I'd say Jared Cook is a streamer potentially but again there are other options we've talked about that I might prefer uh Cook's been fine Cook's been solid he's been targeted the Patriots aren't like an amazing matchup so you know it's 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 a possibility. It's something to consider. Um, you know, I'd, I'd still maybe consider someone like Ty, 
Tyler Conklin ahead of him probably, but that's about the range we're talking about. Um, I am staying away from any Patriots running back, not named Damian Harris. That that's, I think the one thing I would like to bring up. Um, you can't, you can't trust him. If anything, I'd say Brandon Bolden weirdly has a role, but that's it. He's, he's catching some passes here and there, but yeah. So, I mean, as far as your level of confidence, it doesn't seem like it's super high, right? My confidence in his ability to perform at a fantasy relevant level is not super high because it's Brandon Bolden. My confidence that he will be used in the Patriots offense in some form of all the running backs, not named Damian Harris is pretty high because of his special teams value. So he makes his way into the active roster every week. But like J.J. Taylor and Ramondre Stevenson, like, who knows? Yeah, and, you know, that is something that Bill Belichick has talked about in the past is like, you know, well, if you can also contribute on special teams, you know, you're probably far more likely to be involved. And I think that kind of explains why Ramondre Stevenson was not active on Sunday. That was something that was definitely a topic in the fantasy community being like, oh, no, but we were thinking. It's like, well, you know, it, it's it's in the track record of the head coach. Um yeah, and then uh, a name I omitted, uh, just I probably don't need to say it, but Hunter Henry is the, the tight end, not Johnny yep. Smith. So yep. there, there's that. Um, and then we get to a game that probably doesn't have any super relevant tight ends, but they do have other relevant players. <laughs> Boom, transition, Jacksonville and Seattle. That's going to be a fun one. Uh, you, prob- you, you feel pretty good about the starting running backs and then DK Metcalf. That's as far as my confidence goes, genuinely. So, I'll I'll leave the floor open for you. I'll I'll get my other thoughts in on the back end. What do you got? Um. Yes. Yeah, so, when Geno Smith became the quarterback for this team, I looked at the stats. I looked at the box score. I looked at the play by play, and I listened to some people that are smarter and wiser than me. And it all led to the same conclusion. Tyler Lockett and Geno Smith are not a good combo. And I think they will continue to not be a good combo. I would continue to stay away. Um, But, you know, yeah, DK Metcalf, I'd still play him. You are correct. Um, I would say Trevor Lawrence, definitely. Yeah, you could stream him. He should have a good matchup. Seattle's defense has not been good. I would definitely play him. I'm super flexing him in the league. Um, and if I didn't have Dak, Dak Prescott in the league, I'd probably just start Trevor Lawrence. But, you know, luckily, here we are. Um, the only thing I would say, you could, if you're desperate at tight end, you could maybe consider Dan Arnold. Jacksonville seems to like throwing to the tight end. They did draft him. He has been getting targets, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but that's that's really about it. Fair enough. And we have brought up some questionable tight ends so throughout this show. So I figured just do like a quick little rank them on the spot. It doesn't have to be like a super in-depth thing. But, you know, there's Dan Arnold, Jared Cook. We've talked about some of these dudes. Just like kind of go through anybody that we've mentioned before, if you had to put them in some sort of concrete order to give people a general idea of who you're looking at outside of the obvious guys. Which game is this again? I'm just sorry, just tight ends in general that are outside of the obvious ones. Just kind of throw them out in some sort of order in your head. Okay, so I think Conklin is still getting a steady target share. So he's probably at the top of my list. 
Tanyan kind of the one B to that being that Tanyan okay. has potential because of the absence of anything else there, but it's a bad matchup and he's not really getting a ton of targets, but he has familiarity with Aaron Rodgers. He would not normally be that high in my ranking. I think right below that I have CJ Uzoma because of his usage to get the ball into the end zone. He is still not seeing the targets I would like, but he clearly has a role in the offense. So I am willing a la a Robert Tunyon last year who did not have the targets I liked, but had a role in that offense. I think Uzoma has a chance to be similar this year. I think like people have wondered, like who is the Robert Tunyon of this year? There's a chance at CJ Uzoma. There really is. Um, and then we get kind of into a territory of who knows again, Dan Arnold past two weeks, he had seen, uh, eight targets and five targets respectively. That's solid. And again, it did seem that Jacksonville wants a tight end to be part of their plan. So he's someone I would consider there. Uh, Jared cook as well, like not a particularly inspiring matchup, but he is someone who is seeing targets. So I have him probably in the similar spot. All right. So, I mean, the, the reason I decided to put you on the spot and ask you like that, is just to like, kind of really hammer the point home and really get that take in there. These are the tight ends McLateral is trusting. You know what I mean? Because I mean, like in this, it's something that needs to be discussed, you know, just cause like outside, you know, again, outside of the obvious tight ends, it's a fucking wasteland. So if those are your top three, it's good for the public to know. It really yeah. is good for the Again, I would say outside of the obvious is definitely the operative part of this statement. I'm not yes. saying start any of these guys over a Kyle Pitts, a TJ Hawkinson, a Mark Andrews, et cetera, et cetera, a Dalton Schultz. Um, You'll but, probably start some of them over Mark Andrews this week. Mm, I'd probably still go with Andrews just because of the target share. They're on a bye week. Oh, oh, I honestly, ah. man, I just uh, because I've been writing content for this week and content for next week, all in this week, I can never remember who's on by anymore. Because to me, it happens. everyone is it happens. on by and everyone is off by. But yes, you are correct. I would not start Mark Andrews this week because he is on by. Though again, as I mentioned at the top of the show. Last week, I started three guys on by, and it was intentional because I had no other choice. It's it's, it's rough out there. What in am the I going to do? Am I going to drop Darren Waller? I'm not going to drop Darren Waller. I'm not going to drop the guys on my bench. And I ran out of IR spots or I didn't have them in the first place. Sue me. Yeah, there you, yeah, I, I don't I don't blame you at all. Uh, well, let, let's see if there are any players from this next game that you'd be willing to uh, pick up and drop some of your studs for if you had to. Uh, the Washington football team taking on the Denver Broncos. There you go. That that could be a that could be a fun one. This is something in the waiver episode where it's just like, look, I'm not like super confident in like, you know, defense stuff all the time. But I I I had felt either one of them could be considered as a stream, just because I mean they're kind of weird offenses on both sides, you know. But I mean, you're probably trusting Terry McLaurin. Ricky Seals Jones is a dude that in the absence of Logan Thomas has received the opportunity. We can get into the health of the Washington football team running backs at a certain point, but then, you know, the Broncos, it's, it's the running backs, no offense, and probably Jerry Judy coming back. That's fun. Cortland Sutton getting a shit ton of air yards, not always transitioning into production, but more often than not, it is. So you feel pretty good about that as well. I mean, that's, 
Uh, yeah, why don't I just hand it over to you in terms of uh, yeah, the rest I, w- of the I would stay away from Terry McLaurin, uh, not Terry McLaurin, uh, Taylor Heineke. Play Terry, <laughs> Terry, play Terry McLaurin. Don't play Taylor Heineke. Instead, go get Teddy Bridgewater. Of the two quarterbacks, he will likely have the better game. He's been a top ten quarterback, I think, over the past three weeks. Still pretty widely available. Um, when he gets over thirty plus passing attempts, he typically finishes right around a QB 12 territory. He typically sees, you know, close to 20 fantasy points or a little higher. So Washington is a matchup where he can do exactly that. Um, I'm playing every healthy running back I've got from this matchup. Antonio Gibson, JD McKissick, Melvin Gordon, Javante Williams, they'll play them all. Um, I might not feel as great about some of them, but I'll play them all. Uh, And then... I would stay away from Tim Patrick this week, unfortunately, because of the arrival of Jerry Judy. Yeah, I think I think, unfortunately, Tim Patrick, his skill has not evaporated, but his reliability, I think, from a fantasy perspective has. And this is kind of the same situation we saw last year, you know, in the absence of a Cortland Sutton. That's what kind of helped Tim Patrick's relevance this year in the absence of a, You know, you're you're sensing a theme, you know. Goodbye, my sweet prince, Tim Patrick. We still love you. We still love you, but I agree with you. The viability probably not as there as it has been. But, you know, this next team that we're going to talk about, they're going to be down a pretty key receiver, which bodes well for the other two. That team is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going up against the New Orleans Saints. We already talked about them a little bit. Uh, yeah, so I'll kind of, you know, hand it off to you with the notion that, uh, Antonio Brown not looking super likely to play again. So, you know, that's an obvious boost to Evans and Godwin, but you were probably feeling good about them anyway. Um, why don't you tell me, uh, any other thoughts you have about this game? Uh, is Marquez Callaway a dude? Maybe. I don't know. I'm just, I'm spitballing. <laughs> uh, Marcus Callaway, you could stream as a flex option. He's pretty widely available on waivers. I am expecting Michael Thomas not to be back this week, though it is something to keep an eye on because I believe he is officially now designated for return. Um, so he can come back at any point. However, it is seeming at this point unlikely that he'll come back from this game, uh, for this game rather. Uh, I think your days of trying to play OJ Howard or Cameron Bray are over because it seems Rob Gronkowski is going to play. Therefore, will be the viable tight end for Tampa. Um, you know, honestly, Jameis Winston is a streamable quarterback in this op in this matchup. He will have the opportunity to air it out. He will certainly have a defense against which he can air it out. On the other hand, something to keep in mind is if you want to get you know ballsy with it, or if you already had them, he didn't have a good defense to drop them for Tampa Bay could capitalize on some Jameis mistakes, despite how depleted they are in the secondary. So that is an option there, even though it will definitely be more of a boom bust play. Um, I think that kind of covers everyone that I wanted to cover. You're still staying away from the saints tight ends. You're still staying away from any wide receiver, not named Marquez Callaway. You don't know who's going to reliably get work. And even with Callaway, it's as a flex and you're kind of feeling desperate by doing yeah, and you know, I got we 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 talked about it a little bit last week with you know the the Stafford golf situation, how interesting that was. I mean, like, hey, you know, I mean, it's a home game, so it's not it's not quite the same, but 
Jameis getting to play the Bucks. I think that's going to be fun. You know what I mean? I think that's really going to be fun to watch. That's just from That'd a narrative standpoint. I'm I'm here for that. That's that's pretty cool. Um, yeah. Oh, dude, yo, man, dude. The Dallas Cowboys DST. Thank God they're back. And I noticed and mentioned the waiver wire show, like they dropped below the 50% threshold that we kind of yep. have or whatever, at least on ESPN. So it was just like, yo, dude, if I mean, like waivers have ran at this point for most people in traditional formats, you it, might you still probably, be able to get them. Yeah. Like you may have missed the boat, but like if for some reason you didn't please, dear God, that would be because awesome. I've actually, I managed to pick them up in a couple leagues this week and in our home league held on to him because they're getting takeaways. They have rebuilt that defense. We knew they were doing it through the draft the past two years. It seemed like it would take another year probably for everything to gel, but here we are. It's working. They're getting takeaways. Um, until that stops, you can probably trust them. Kirk Cousins has been known to throw the odd interception. I Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. Like, definitely someone you need to target. Yeah, you know, and you said his name, Kirk Cousins. They're playing the Minnesota Vikings. Thank God we get some of those guys back. So that's going to be super fun. You're playing the you're playing the running backs. It is what it is. Like that part of it's kind of obvious. Dalton Schultz probably. You've mentioned Tyler Conklin. Uh, I mean, because of everything we've kind of said throughout the show, it kind of feels like we you know have our ducks in a row in terms of what you're doing. But if there's anything else you want to mention, go for it. I don't know that there is a single player from this game you expected to play that you can't so i would say the two to keep in mind are kj osborne for minnesota and michael gallup for the cowboys both of them are playable this could be a shootout uh dallas has a defense that could still be viable despite the shootout nature because of their ability to get takeaways so just keep that in mind even if it's not an excellent game for them they still may be fantasy relevant because of that ability um so, you know, KJ Osborne, if you had to play, you could play Michael Gallup. If you had to play, you could play. I'd be more inclined to start KJ Osborne of the two because I think Dalton Schultz has genuinely taken part of Michael Gallup's role that is not going to go away just in terms of where Dak looks on the field. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, both running backs for Dallas, Dalvin Cook, obviously, for the Vikings, you know, your standard wide receivers on either side. Um, and you probably weren't going to play the Vikings defense against the Cowboys anyway, and you still won't. That oh, very true. you could probably play both kickers. Yeah, yo, dude. Yeah, Honestly. Back, that's super cool. And also, I picked up a... Uh, no, by uh, Greg the Leg, you Joseph. mean Greg Joseph, correct? Because he's been the better of the two <laughs> oh! this season. Yes, I, I picked him up. That's a guy I'm really looking forward to, I think. And, you know, I'm not you – know, you're more of the kicker guy than I am, obviously. You know, you, that, that's more your forte. But got to say, with my – you know, my opinion being worth whatever it is, I picked up Greg Joseph a few places, man. Like, this is a good idea. He, yeah, will, he will be – I would say Greg Joseph is definitely a guy to pick up this week. If you hadn't already, it might be a little late at this point. Uh, Randy Bullock, another one, by the way, uh, to pick up if that is something we didn't talk about when we talked about Tennessee, but like Randy Bullock has been good. will probably continue to be good. Um, it seems that people listen to Nick Folk. So unfortunately I can't give that advice anymore. Um, but those are two to consider. 
100%. There we go. See, we we found ways to squeeze kickers in. There you go. There you go, people. You got that going for you. And also, uh, just I really just uh, quickly want to co-sign the whole Michael Gallup thing. Like, the, the prominence of Dalton Schultz. I mean, like, that kind of... I've seen the case for people being like, oh, stash Michael Gallup. Who knows? But, like, that point about Which, Schultz, that's important. Yeah, I get the case for stashing Michael Gallup. I'm not going to tell you you're an idiot. Why would you do that? Uh, it just may... To me, it's kind of like Jeff Wilson, where it's like, it's a stash worth making, but it may not ultimately pan out the way you're hoping. It's not a stash like Logan Thomas. Like, I managed to stash Logan Thomas in the league because he got dropped, because he went on injury reserve. Logan Thomas will immediately resume his role when he comes back and is healthy. Gallup and Jeff Wilson, these are guys where people took over in their absence and it doesn't necessarily make sense for them to give way as soon as the other player returns. Yeah, and not to mention, I mean, like, Cedric Wilson is a perfectly fine wide receiver in his own right. Obviously not and as a cheaper, good as a Michael Gallup. A cheaper one to bring back next year, too, you know, just to keep in mind. Like, Michael Gallup <laughs> probably will not be on this team next year. So, you know, they don't have a ton of reasons to make sure he's highlighted. Unless the one thing to consider, maybe this will be the Michael Gallup week so they can like put him out in the window and let someone trade for him uh, for a pretty penny next week. But, you know, I, I let's not get too galaxy brain. That's the one thing I'd say. That is true. Uh, it, thankfully, uh, this uh, our final game doesn't really require a lot of galaxy brain to get into because the fact of the matter is, dude, the Chiefs defense is fucking horrible it is not it's like you know because for a while it was you know bend but not break now it is bend to break itself and light itself on fire bad like that is how fucking horrible it is to the point where it's like look and like you know throughout the history of the show like you know i've i've clowned daniel jones i've kind of eased up on that a little bit he's shown some good shit but like you know especially this week something that i never thought i'd say in my entire life but here i am saying the sentence i cannot look forward more so playing Daniel Jones against the Chiefs this week, it is going to be so, so sweet. Holy shit. That is going to be fun. <laughs> like, oh, I, man. I kind of want to stay away. Oh, <gasps> we Presenter saw what we saw what happened when he got Atlanta. It was supposed to be a great matchup. He had it right there for him and he fell short. He's going to have potentially none of his usual weapons again. We might not have Kadarius Tony again. We might not have Sterling Shepard again. You know, we might not have Saquon Barkley again. Like there are a lot of guys who might be missing from this Giants roster against Kansas City, a team that is three and four, that is playing prime time at home and is sure as shit not scared of the New York football Giants. So if there, there is go. ever a get right game for the Kansas City Chiefs, this is it. And they will take no prisoners. Now, the one thing going for the Giants is the defense for the Chiefs, despite all this, still not particularly good. So even if the Giants ultimately do lose, they might lose in more of a shootout and less of a blowout, which would still bode well for Daniel Jones. I would just say that you stream Daniel Jones for sure. You're going to play whichever running back is healthy for the Giants, whether it's Devontae Booker or whether it's Saquon Barkley. Yep. But, like, proceed with a little caution in this game. You know, maybe Dante Pettis may get the targets, but, like, you know, who knows how well it will go. 
Um, you know, it's it's just it's something to consider. This will be a get right game for the Chiefs because if they don't get right, they're in trouble. You're right, and you know, and also just you want to quickly highlight. There's a reason that this this dynamic works. You know, I crank it up to eleven, take it to the moon, and then you're you're always there to bring it back down to earth to keep it a little balanced and level headed. Shout out the lateral show. Wow, what a podcast! But uh, yeah, you know, like if the Giants had their full array of weapons at their disposal on offense, I'd be much more on board with Daniel Jones. There you go. Like, so yeah. that's kind of it was you Sterling know. Shepard and Kadarius Tony and Kenny Galladay and Darius Slayton. And like Dante Pettis was only coming out in five wide receiver sets. Then <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, okay. Uh, you have my attention. I'd still have like some concerns about it being potentially a get right game for Kansas city, but I would be leaning much more towards shootout than blowout for sure. Uh, at that point, I would also say if this game was in New York, I'd be much more on board with it because it's in Kansas city and in prime time, you know, there are some concerns there. Um, yeah. I'm not saying avoid at all costs. It's a good matchup. It's an enticing matchup. Just like come next Tuesday. If it turns out Kansas city, like just smacked them across the face. Like, don't be surprised. True. True. And, and look, if you're wondering, Oh, why are they talking about the chiefs? Do we, do we really need to, I don't think we do. I think we you know not. what you're doing. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's yeah. That's pr- pretty pretty good. Uh, <laughs> also, you know, you know, you know what else was pretty good. This episode, I thought yes, this was a agree. pretty good episode. Hey, yo, check it out. Yeah, see there you go. See the lateral show on Twitter at the lateral ff. We got a website www.thelateralff.com. Check it out. That's where you can find our work. Here, but you know this isn't the only place we do stuff so you know this is the time where we wrap it up and plug our other shit herms that's me at herms nfl woohoo when i'm not here doing this you can find me on the run boys fantasy network run boys after dark every friday night super fun uh it's a vibe on the 32-bit channel uh i got to meet marcus grant on tuesday it was so neat oh dude that was so much fun please sure to uh, subscribe to the youtube channel that shit's super tight and then uh, I write articles for Football Absurdity. Uh, you know, for as much as we talk about Rashad Bateman, I had a little piece come out over there about him. But more importantly, not to take away from anything else, but please, if you enjoy this podcast, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, it's all out there. Subscribe. Anytime there's a new episode, drops right into your feed. It's cool. We put a lot of work into it, and we're really appreciative of everybody that enjoys this. So I guess before I hand it over to you, just thank you to everybody who listens to us and you know supports us and reads our stuff and listens to our stuff we love you thank you so much uh mclateral what about you well it's your boy mclateral aka mclateral ff on the twitter you can find me there you can also find me at the lateral where we have content dropping quite regularly on mondays we have our new contributor nate polvault he's dropping the sunday storylines now not me uh on tuesdays you get the waiver wire <laughs> show with me and Herms on Wednesdays, you get a week too early, early waiver wire from me on Thursdays. You get this podcast that you're listening to right now. In addition to it's a match from Zach, who was our OG contributor to the site. Uh, and then Friday or Saturday depends when we get the ducks in a row for that one. You get our boom bust, our piece de resistance, our major article 
from the lateral duo. And then for myself on Thursday mornings, you also get my fancy football heat check over at ball blast football this week. It's a good one. We're looking at a couple quarterbacks. We're looking at a running back that we might've talked about in this show. And then we are looking at a wide receiver that is criminally undervalued by the fantasy football community. You will have to read to find out though, just like you will have to read this week's deep, deep sleepers over on football machina. I look at some deep stashes for dynasty or incredibly deep redraft leagues. I mean, we are talking about like writing about Dearness Johnson and Demetric Felton before everyone's picking them up. Like the week before, like that was the thing. Like I've got to, I've got to like go into sleeper. I got to find guys that are like rostered nowhere. It's, it's a fun time. Um, so that drops on Saturdays. Go check that out over there as well. If you can. Uh, and until next time, I think that's everything from me. Hell yeah, man, dude. And anytime you talk about that deep sleepers thing, it all it takes me to a you know that we could have had it. Ah. Oh, yo, dude, have you heard her new single, by the way? Dude. Yes, it's quite good. Um, so is the new single from Kasabian that just dropped this morning. They have new oh music. Gosh. The band is still alive. I'm probably the only person in America that's this excited about it, but I am so happy. Yeah, no, I mean, no, because I mean, like, I'm stoked for it. I know my brother's stoked for it. No, but like, honestly, like, Kasabian, that's a band. Follow The Lateral on Twitter at The Lateral FF and check out the website www.thelateralff.com.